Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So great. Uh, I'm very lucky to have have the cast that's going to be there too, and and the band. Um, I uh, earlier this year, um, the the musical Madame Clicquot that I co-wrote with Lisette Gladowski released the studio cast album, and it was so exciting to get that music out there. Um, it was so much fun to pick those six songs and work with the arrangers and orchestrators and just kind of bring that to life. And um, Lisette and I actually have been working on several other projects kind of all along the way. And it just felt like a really exciting time to play a few songs from that album, play some songs from that show that were not on the album, and to also give a taste of some of the other projects I've been working on with Lisette and other collaborators and also on my own. I have uh, a few uh, projects where I'm writing music and lyrics uh, by myself, and I'm really excited to share some of those songs too. Those are really personal and exciting songs. That amazing. So the, the show is called Pieces, New Musical mm-hmm. Selections. And while we're talking about it, if you want to get your tickets, you can go to ChelseaTableAndStage.com. If you if you grab your tickets and go have an artisan pizza and have a martini and then go hang out at the bar on the roof afterwards and have make a, a fancy night of it, it's a great place to see a show in New York City. How do you get the performers and the lineup that you have to say yes to coming on down and sing? And how do you pick the performers? Are they suited for each song? Do you reach out to friends? How does it work? Yeah, some of them are, well, all of them are great friends of mine. And so I've been lucky enough to to work with them um, through Madame Clicquot or through um, other projects of mine. So they're all folks that I that I know and, and love very much. And so I'm so glad that they're uh, coming. But a few of them um, are singing songs that they are, you know, in my mind, very attached to, uh, that they've sort of always sung. Uh, Kevin Massey comes to mind. He'll be singing Life on the Edge um, from Madame Clicquot. And he's been in the role of Francois for, for a while. And so it just feels natural to hear him sing that song. And, and Victoria Frings will be there as well, um, who plays the the title role in Madame Clicquot. And so she'll uh, be gracing us with her gorgeous voice and uh, singing the the love duet with Kevin as well. And so, um, and then we have some, some folks, because some of these songs have yet to be performed. <laughs> Goodness, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we need to get tickets. Tickets. <laughs> How unprofessional of me not to put it on do not disturb. Um, no, but so um, so other the other performers are either folks that some of them a lot of them really are from Madame Clicquot, um, and some have been in the ensemble. But everybody in that ensemble is a star in their own right. And so you know, I reach out and say, I have this song that hasn't really been performed yet. Would you sing it and and you know put your own spin on it? And so just thinking of the incredible performers um, that that are friends of mine, that it's just so exciting to get to hear them sing. Yeah, and to hear your music sung in front of an audience with the reaction. What is it like when you do it on stage versus when you're doing it in a recording studio? You put you put the album out. You can people can listen to it and hear the six songs that are out and etc. But when you get the audience reaction or when people hear it and come up to you. 
what does that feel like as a songwriter to see pe other people interpret your music and then mm -hmm. hear the reaction from people who listen to it? It's the best. I mean, to sit in the audience and, and hear people kind of get silent at really powerful moments or to laugh when there's a joke and just to feel that energy, it's, it's really amazing. And in an album, you have so many different levers that you can pull to kind of add that layer there, but there's nothing that can quite replace that feeling of being with the people who are listening to it. And um, I, I love when, when people come up after and tell me what their favorite song was that they heard or, uh, you know, that some, some particular lyric or, or musical motif really meant something to them and, and stirred something. So that's, that's very, very cool. And, and for the singers as well, I mean, especially a lot of these are songs that haven't really been heard yet. And so having the performers say, wow, I really like spent some time with this song and, and that it meant something to me, or this is my favorite song to sing or something like that. You know, that's, that's incredible. And I'm so excited. Yes, I, I love it. If you want, like we said, get your tickets, Chelsea Table and Stage coming up um, this month. But also you can find more information about Richard at richardcwalter.com. If you're listening to us, it's just as it is, Richard C, the letter C, Walter.com. Um, as a songwriter, I, I wish I knew how to write a song. I, I have no idea. I barely know how to sing one. But, I, <laughs> what I can say, but what I can say is that it feels like a very lonely um, job and daunting you know it to mm. me it reminds me of like i'm gonna sit in front of the computer and that cursor is blinking and it's a blank yeah. page and i gotta start this is it is it lonely do you prefer working alone do you love collaboration how do you work as a songwriter yeah i mean don't get me wrong you definitely have those moments of of the blinking cursor and you're like what's gonna happen <laughs> what's gonna <laughs> what's gonna come onto this page um and sometimes that can be difficult and frustrating but i've i've never actually found it to be very lonely um i love collaborating so a lot of my collaborators um Lissette and uh, richard lindenfelser eric sorrels and, and nick laughlin i all of those uh, collaborators, I'll be bringing songs from those collaborations to this concert. But even the songs that I've written alone um, sounds a little bit corny, but I get to spend time with these characters and, and I sort of close my eyes and imagine the world. And even if it's not this like wonderful fantasy land where the sky is purple and everything is, you know, very vivid and colorful, you're still sitting and imagining a person's expression and maybe who they're singing to and what they're sitting on and the texture of their clothes and you get to really bring to life the scene that necessitates this music and this song and that feels so um i don't know so powerful to me and and i'm i'm spending time with them with with those people and getting to know them um as i write that song and so that it, it never feels too lonely because you have your your characters. <laughs> yes, I get that. I, I, I do. I feel that way as an actor. Like it's you. You may do the interior work, the work of the character, but you're with that. You're discovering that character. So yeah. When you went, you got your bachelor's. Mm -hmm. And you got your master's degree at Tisch for in songwriting. Mm -hmm. Where were you from, and when did you decide I'm going to be a songwriter? I'm originally from. Uh... I grew up in Connecticut, but but my middle school, high school years were in North Carolina, and that's where I really um, discovered songwriting. I had a, uh, I was always playing by ear, um, and I always sort of think of songwriting as you're playing something by ear that you've only ever heard in your head. So you're you're playing it, but it's just not something from the radio. You're just playing something that kind of is in your mind. And so I think playing by ear has really helped me um, develop that skill as a songwriter. Um, but I, I had a really, really good uh, 
arts program in my high school, um, and I was very lucky in that sense that um, we had a we had a teacher. Shout out to Laura Sam, uh, who was uh, just a champion of the arts at that school and especially theater, and and helped introduce us to a lot of different kinds of musical theater um, and and songs and and what those can be. And so that had a huge influence on me um, in those formative high school years, and and I followed that at my uh, bachelor's degree in music and and uh, concentrating in con uh, composition there. Um, and then I actually, after college, um, took a little bit of a of a left turn, um, sort of, and went out to LA um, to work in in merchandise for uh, Barry Manilow and his company, and got to actually go out on the road and sell merchandise with them, and every night get to listen to Barry Manilow concerts. Probably, I don't know how many hundreds of those concerts, um, and that was such he is one of my favorite songwriters um one of my favorite people and artists and and obviously a legend and so getting to hear craft at that level i think uh that was a very fortuitous turn for me because i think hearing that music really influenced me um, as a writer and made me want to be a better writer because uh he, he's pretty incredible and so that was a yeah why isn't that in your bio here <laughs> All right, so Richard, now that you're my best friend, yes, I've only seen Barry 23 times. I've oh seen. My Have you seen Harmony yet? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm going in January when I'm up for the concert. I'm so excited. Um, it is beautiful. Oh my gosh. I love Bruce Sussman. Congrats yes. to Bruce and Barry. Uh, we did the red carpet. We spoke to Barry. We spoke to I Gary. Know. We spoke to the whole yeah. entertainment team. We so. Song, speaking of Barry Manilow, mm -hmm. gets this. Uh, he's kind of gotten his flowers a little bit more as as of late. But gr growing up as a Fanilow at sixth grade, you know, singing "I Write the Songs" in the Richfield Park Middle School, yeah, show, um, not the coolest thing. But as I, but what I love about his music is the arrangement and the songwriting. Yeah, there's an emotion. There's a musical theater quality to his music that there is new musical theater. How do you? study other people's music and their chord structure and the moods and the tempo and the orchestrations of it all and the ideas of instrumentation. What is your, do you sit and daydream? Do you play with it? Do you listen to a lot of music to get inspired? Like, how do you get, I could sit and listen to this one's for you or, you know, yeah. even now or something like that and be inspired or the songs that he didn't write, like Weekend in New England is like a beautiful yeah. song how do you, what do you do to get in your mood to sit down and, and figure out what you're trying to do? Yeah, I, I, when I'm trying to figure out a moment of a song, I do, I mean, I listen to songs that maybe about similar emotions. Um, if I'm getting into that uh, particular spot that I'm like, I need a song here and I got to write this and um, where do I start? And, um, but I think anytime that you're listening to, to artists and going to theater and absorbing it, that every moment of that helps you as a writer because there are so, so many incredible writers out there that are creating work and putting it up in small venues and on Broadway stages and in arenas like Barry. I think you, you hear music from all different kinds of writers and you just realize that every writer is right in in a certain way of what they're doing and and no writer would approach the same song in the same moment exactly the same way and so when you hear all of that it kind of opens you up to say i don't have to do this 
exactly the way it's been done before, but I can hear how someone's done it and it opens up a new door. And that's where each songwriter has this individuality that comes through. There's a door there that, that you open and say, okay, hearing all of that, this is what I think might happen. And maybe I'll take a flare of that or, a, you know, something and bring it together and it becomes this brand new thing. And then somebody else may listen to a song that I write and say, wow, I really like what he did with that moment. And that makes me think of this for my thing. And it's going to be a brand new thing. And and so it, it's just never ending kind of creativity, I think. I, I totally understand. And what I um, think of the most, not to keep talking about Barry, but what I love about seeing him, like seeing him at Radio City last year compared to all the mm. other times, the, the work is never done. It's always being right. rearranged and reorchestrated and played and perfected and modernized and changed. How do you let it go? How do you let the song, it's done. It's, it's, is it ever, is it always, is it always rejudged and thought about? <laughs> it's so hard. I mean, I, it's funny though. I do have some songs where I kind of feel like they're done and I'm like, cool. I, I, I said that what I wanted to say. And I feel like, I mean, when you get into arranging and orchestrating, I think that can always, um, always change. And especially with, with Madame Clicquot, I've really gotten to see firsthand how, you know, through the uh, music direction, even Kenneth Gartman as our music director, and he's brilliant. And just seeing him on the spot be like, mm, let's revoice this in a, in this group number and make, you want this sound, not this sound. And, um, and then the arrangers, we have Frank Galgano and Matt Castle um, doing the orchestrations and, and the arrangements. And it is just, I mean, I, it's like architecture. I mean, it's like we're sitting around with like a blueprint of a song and they are just these master architects that are like, okay, we what, here's what you want. Talk to us about, and they're so brilliant at being like, mm, talk to us about the feeling, talk to us about the room that these characters are in. And we're going to take that and the whole arc of this story and we're going to drop in this one, you know, clarinet lick that's going to bring that to life for you. And it's like, that's, that's incredible. And, and that's something that I, I can't speak highly enough about the people that have that ability. Cause I, I am not an orchestrator in that sense where I can just sit down and think of every instrument in the world and pull that together. And I think that's an amazing thing, an amazing gift to a composer to hear someone that's so good at orchestration and finding those colors to play with look at your music and do that to it because it 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 lets you kind of hear the, the leveled up version of, of what you've written and and how cool that is i i can't agree with you more i've whenever i've worked on my own music and and worked with arrangers which sometimes is, a, is an old school forgotten art form especially it is. yeah but to take a song and to be able to put it and make an arrangement and make the instrumentation and orchestrations of it is so gorgeous and it's so unique. It's like a thumbprint. It's it's so yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, now I was with my friend. I was with I was with my friend Matt Gould yesterday. He's got Lampika coming to Broadway. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I um and he was talking about orchestrations and final drafts of songs and the song these shows coming opens in April and we're they're still working on it. And I was talking to him about the inspiration for a musical about her. How did you come up with the inspiration for this musical? For Madame Foucault? Yes. Oh, man. Well, of course, I was having a glass of, of, of Clicquot. <laughs> and I thought, who made this? Oh, no. But no, I, I really did get curious because 
I, this is, I mean, it's a champagne that's kind of ubiquitous, especially around holidays and celebrations. And you just see this really bright yellow label and, and uh, we would always kind of splurge for a bottle if we were having something special. And, and I just got really curious and, and started researching the history of it. And I found out about Barb Nicole um, and I just, her story blew me away. And the more that I looked into it, the more I was completely blown away by what she did and, and how, what she achieved, especially at that time. Um, and I, I really kind of held on to that story for a long time. Um, and then I met Lisette uh, actually at NYU, good, doing her master's. And I, I talked to her about it and I said, what do you think about this? Read some of these things um, and some of these articles and, and, and tell me if, if this inspires you. And she just like, her jaw hit the floor when she came back to me after reading those. And she was like, this is unreal. And we sat down and wrote the very first song for the show, um, which was about their, their wedding day when she married Francois which was secret. It was hidden in, in the underground uh, wine cellars, actually, of the Clicquot family um, because of the French Revolution and Catholicism being outlawed. They couldn't have it in a cathedral like they normally would. So it was this very intimate uh, underground and, and we didn't even know how auspicious a setting um, in the wine cellars at the time. But um, to us, that was just like, oh, that's amazing that they're, the foreshadowing of that setting and the kind of delicateness of this moment between them and so we wrote the first song and it's kind of the only song that hasn't really changed in the show it's like everything else has sort of worked around it but that that point of entry for us it made us feel like that was really right because after everything um, and six years of rewriting and, and editing it's it's that song has remained mostly intact um so well it's so fascinating when i when i saw at red that you were coming on I, you know, I, when you Google the album, whatever you see the signature, you see, and you mm -hmm. know it from the bottle, right. like you instantly know the signature, you instantly know the yellow label, you instantly know it, but there's a story behind each and every one of these things that is fascinating. And then for you to do the research and say, Hey, this could be a musical is mm -hmm. what musicals and theater is really all about. And you're educating us and telling us things that we don't know in a fun and entertaining way. So mm -hmm. I'm excited, Richard. Thank you. Me too. Gosh. <laughs> I'm excited. And if you want to get a heads up before it, before it's up on its feet and in stages and everywhere and all around the world, and you know, you're, you you want to be up on the, the next thing, you need to go on the 18th of January and see the, some of the songs from that and some of the other songs that Richard has worked on at 930 at Chelsea Table and Stage. Yeah. You can get your tickets. You can get it. You can get a ticket for, for less than you could get a martini in New York City. Exactly. <laughs> But you should still get a martini. And then get a martini. Yes. And then, there you go. Then you have Or a, a glass of Clicquot, maybe, if they have it. Even better. You'll be inspired to walk to your local liquor store right after the show is over. That's it. Get a bottle. <laughs> uh, go to ChelseaTableAndStage.com and go to RichardCWalter.com if you want more information about the shows and his music and his bio and all the fun things that are, are you, Richard. And... Yeah. including videos and all that fun stuff. I am so grateful to talk to you. I'm really excited to see this journey and this little rocket ship that you're on. And um, okay. thank you for sharing some of your tricks in, of the trade. And and now I'm going to be thinking about Barry Manilow. I know. Let's go listen to uh, anything. Mandy. Let's go listen to Mandy. I was going to say, do you have a favorite? Oh, my gosh. It's so hard. Um, 
this after my own life? Gosh, I don't know. Yeah. You know what? It was always the, the most fun in the show at the end when Copacabana came on and the streamers went off and it was just the biggest party. I loved that. You, you I, can't replace it. I, I love it too. I, I love it too. For me, as corny as it is, the opening, you wouldn't believe where I've been, that opening. Oh. That is my thing. Let's go. Yeah. All I right, know. I'm going to take you to a, we're going to have to go to a Manilow concert. Yeah, we're going. <laughs> Congratulations. All the best. Thank you so much. I, Thanks, I it's been great being on here. Thank you so much. How sweet is that? I love a new composer. I love new work. I love Barry Manilow. Anyone that comes on the show and loves Barry Manilow is a fan favorite forever. Listen, don't judge me. Manilow is, an, is a national treasure. Do you notice these? You can't see if you're listening to us. What age do you start to get bags under your eyes? Should I get cream? Should I take a nap? What should I do? Can someone DM me? Will you DM me and tell me what you use? You know, my friends say avocado cream. Look, long story short, you're watching The Roundtable. We're live every Thursday. You can see us on the Broadway Podcast. Well, you can hear us on the Broadway Podcast Network. You can see us on YouTube. We talk artists about art and we have fun and we're a mess. And that's what this show is all about. If you want more information about me, go to robertbannon.com, Robert, B-A-N-N-O-N.com and listen to my music. It's out wherever music is heard as well. My albums and all my fun stuff. Lots of concerts, lots of events, lots of guests, lots of nonsense on the way. Stick around, stay with us. And remember the best is always yet to come. Till next time, everybody. Have a good one. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.